This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And here we go. It's the Friday edition. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. With our panel in-house, John Capobianco, Senior VP, Senior Partner, and National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, John. Good to hear from you. Likewise, Michael Giles has been in government 30 years, uh, just can't get away. Currently the <laughs> Chief of Staff to Deputy Mayor Anna Bailau. Michael, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Good to have much. you on board. Congratulations, and Michael. Yeah, thank congrats you. Yes, on the appointment. Thank yeah, you. there you go. In government now for 31 years. <laughs> 30.5. <laughs> right. It's a hotel count. California, you can check out any time. All right. Every time you try to get out, they <laughs> pull, pull you back, back in. Exactly. Uh, all the cliches. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNova rounding things out, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and a former NDP MPP for Parkdale Hyde Park. How's Sherry doing? Uh, always a pleasure to be here, John. Always. By the way, your uh, former leader... Uh, she's still the leader of the NDP, Andrea Horvath, uh, somewhat critical of the government on this budget thing. Uh, yeah. Okay, you're wide-eyed and nodding. Uh, well, let's hear what Andrea had to say at first blush. When you make these kinds of changes, uh, you have to recognize that they're going to have impacts and then plan uh, for addressing those impacts. And i got to say, any person who's lost a loved one to a drunk driver uh, would be horrified to hear uh, the minister's response. All right, because they're now going to make it permissible to drink booze at 9 o'clock in the morning. Bars, restaurants, golf courses can serve Bloody Caesars at 9 a.m., uh, let me just ask you quickly, uh, if this is such a, because Andrea is making it seem like, my God, uh, we're back to a temperance state of mind, you know, and maybe Swansea will be again a dry area, who knows. Can't we be responsible adults in this uh, in this province? I mean, where's the problem? Somebody comes off shift work, they get off at 8 o'clock, they want to go and have a drink somewhere in an establishment. Why should that be denied them? I mean, it's almost paternalistic or the nanny state to say, oh, this is horrific what we're doing here. Well, we've heard uh, let them eat cake. This is now let them drink, I guess, kind of budget. Oh. Um, I, my problem isn't so much with the the drinking, although I think it will be a problem, um, as with the slash and burn for people who have a disability, people who are on social assistance. Or, you know, there's a billion dollars gone from that budget. Why there's would it billion, be? Wait, let me just 1. back up. One billion gone from transit. John Tory's upset about that. That's well, a promise Well, here's broken. your deputy mayor's friend uh, and, uh, exe- <laughs> and uh, executive you know, assistant. And two, okay, Sherry, two Sherry. Billion from legal aid. This oh. is an t- attack on the poor. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, well, let's throw it around because there's much to digest. You know, I mean, just on this first question, though, if whether or not we can responsibly handle 9 a.m. Uh, opening hours for a bar or a restaurant. Is there a problem with that, Michael Giles? Well, I come sort of, I'm from Ireland, I come from sort of a European perspective on this, and I never really understood why we tend to be so puritanical about uh, liquor laws. I think we just have to be careful about it. I mean, in, yeah, I remember in Dublin, Ireland, you'd always, if you were ever there, you're taking the buses and you'd see the crowd getting on to what they call the early opening bars. There was about four or five of them in the city that opened at seven. And some of them obviously had a problem. So it seven. was it, yeah, seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, there was issues there. I, I, you know, my question would be what time do cannabis stores open? You know, I think nine o'clock in the morning or something. So I think we just have to, you know, as long as we're careful about this and, and you know, we're talking about two hours earlier serving booze, I don't think it's a, a major issue. I think we sort of can expect people to be more responsible. Well, you know, just having spoken to Joe Oliver before you arrived here, he's the former conservative minister of finance, asked Vic, Vic Fidelli as well earlier what this signals. And he thinks it's an important important signal, John, that uh, we're going to get less nanny state with Doug Ford. Do you well, see it as that? that? I, I do. I think at the end of the day, they're going to be uh, people who are going to be irresponsible and they're going to drink and they're going to get into a car and they're going to drive. 
Uh, and that's going to happen even if there's not, uh, you know, early hours or late hours for drinking because people are, are, are wired that way. And unfortunately, it happens. And it's, uh, it, it, But at the end of the day, this is going to be good for businesses. It's going to allow them to have some, some extra cash and some extra availability. And people, by and large, are going to be responsible. It's the same thing about having a beer or a glass of wine at a picnic or a, at a park. You know, people are doing it now and they're hiding it. So at least let's, let, let it be legal. Let it, let it be known that, that people are doing it. And give people the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be responsible uh, adults in this respect. And I think, you know, Andrew Horvath would have us, you know, be, everything would be illegal and and, uh, and everything would be all black market and underground if she had it her way. So this is an opportunity for people just to, to get out there and enjoy and, and businesses to flourish a bit. All right. I'm going to sherry pick some of those things that you brought up here, Sherry, because you gave me a flurry of them, a cavalcade of issues that you take uh, umbrage with here in this budget. But I wanted to turn to, because Anna Bailau is a deputy mayor and now you're representing on her because uh, you're her executive assistant, I believe, Michael Giles. This is Mayor Tory complaining that this budget is, uh, because there's no gas tax money going to the city now, as had been promised, two cents on a litre initially, and I guess the Liberals had said, well, we'll double it up to four cents a litre, and this would help you pay for uh, backlog and repairs to infrastructure and the transit, and so on and so on. So uh, when I asked Minister Fideli, he said, well, you know what, the uh, thing is we're putting $11.2 billion into the transit, uh, as was announced on Wednesday uh, here in Toronto, so that kind of supersedes any of this gas tax money. Do you think the city's getting shortchanged here on gas tax? I think they are in the gas tax. Absolutely, they are. I mean, you know, you don't, we don't, you know, normally you don't budget on the basis of uh, you know what's going to happen tomorrow. You tend to be long, more longer term in terms of budgeting. And you know what we're talking about is money that's going towards state good, state of good repairs, uh, repairs rather with buses and subways and everything else. The city has counting on this money, and quite frankly, you know what? It's like I think we need to. I don't know who that was, but <laughs> I think that uh, we need to. To you know, the provincial government, unlike most other uh, sort of senior levels of government across North America, does not give a lot of money to operating or anything else. So a lot of this is carried by the, the city of Toronto, and giving this kind of money to state of good repair just makes sense. You know, we got to keep the system moving, and we've budgeted for this. The city has taking this into account it's you know this money is already earmarked and now all of a sudden they're trying to say well we're not going to give you that and it's difficult to correlate that to the um you know the, the 28 billion dollar announcement you know you're talking about 11 billion out of 28 billion which means somebody else has to come up with the 17 billion but those are capital projects we're talking about state of good repair and you know the whole idea paul martin actually started this whole thing with the gas tax and uh you know the whole idea was to you know keep buses subways everything else rolling and and you know yeah no it is it's it's not a it's not a wise move for them to do all right so when you make that argument that you know you have to budget in real time and not project forward so uh sherry you had mentioned legal aid being cut by 30 percent. you're saying this mm-hmm. is an attack on the poor well it is that's who mm-hmm. has to use legal aid and refugees and immigrants who use it as well um and tenants who uh don't have any other recourse i mean you know we're really denying uh due uh, justice to those who earn under a certain amount and i think i think that's unfortunate uh, and to Michael's point on the on the transit, uh, which I think is extremely important, if, uh, is that you know really we're looking at promises for for future spends, and everybody in Toronto is and or should be incredibly cynical about promises for future spends and future bills. I mean, if we could ride on transit plans uh, to get from our homes to our to our places of work, then we'd be there by now. I mean, this is just a plan for the future that the government's offering. It's not now. Well, now well, 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 they're shortchanging them at 1.1 billion, and 
that's the reality. Oh, oh all right. Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't know necessarily that, uh, you know, you can't have plans for the future. Uh, I mean, that's sort of Liberals what it, had what lots it, of them. It, Where are they? Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, John, do you not see this transit thing, if we're going to go there, uh, let me just quickly pick up on that, as aspirational. I know Adam Vaughn was critical saying it's just lines on a map like Homer Simpson might draw or something like that because the, the Ontario Relief Line that would run or the Ontario Line from uh, Ontario Place up to the Science Centre. It would cut through Liberty Village and some part of his riding, although the devil in the details for sure. Uh, we had Jeff Yurick, the Transportation Minister, say as much. Look, I mean, but it's aspirational. Doesn't that at least give us some kind of hope that there's something going forward? It does. And in fact, you know, Adam Vaughn, it's funny that he would be the one critical because he was on council when they were having this debate at ad nauseum with respect to transit and, and subway and relief lines and extensions of subways. And he was part of a he was part of a left leaning council that created all these problems that would never get them done. Look, transit, the problem with transit is that it's not, you can't get shovels in the ground today or tomorrow. It has to be aspirational. You have to have some level of a plan or some level of a goal to achieve it. And it's been done and it's been tried over the city council for the number of years. Like, I don't know how many, Michael, you can probably talk to how many times it's been debated. So, you know, what the premier said is, look, Toronto's not going to get this done. We are. We're going to. We're going to upload it. We're going to. We have the money. We have the resources. We have a, a majority government that's going to make this thing work. And we're going to put it. To, we're going to put it to plan. And I would. I would assure you, and I can guarantee you, there'll be uh, uh, shovels in the ground, and this will be well in its way before uh, before the first term is over. But it has to be done. If no one does it, we're going to be in the same situation now, where the city continues to grow and people keep coming over to our our city, which is great, and our transit system doesn't get any bigger or better, or quite frankly, more efficient. But speaking to that, I mean, yes. I, no question. It, it's fantastic. I mean, I was there, and I'm dating myself, <laughs> in 1990 when we, I remember when Premier uh, Peterson uh, announced Let's Move. And you know what? It was a really nice map, but I think there's only one of those lines was ever built. So it looks great. But having said that, we're talking about $28 billion, I believe it is, and $11.9 billion the province is putting up. Unless there's some, the money comes from somewhere else, I mean, that's it's going to stay aspirational. You know, aspirational is wonderful, but you, at some point you have to lift up the hammer and nails and somebody has to pay for that. Well, he's talked about it being a public-private partnership ag- agreement in some cases, you know, selling the air rights. Now, whether they can recover that money, yeah. uh, whether it makes sense, whether even $28.5 billion is, you know, a fast target or that's apt to change as most of these, pro- you know, yeah. these programs are. Uh, let's leave that for now. Want to come back? There are so many other things to digest here as topics worthy of discussion. Sherry DeNovo, John Capobianco, Michael Giles on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.